and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Martina Harrington, Chagas Beef Specialist, to discuss winter housing health options. Housing is one of the best times of year for treating cattle against some of the more common internal and external parasites. However, products vary in price, in what they control and in how they are given to the animal. I first asked Martina what parasites should be controlled at housing. Well, Catherine, if you're looking at housing time, lung worms, stomach worm, liver fluke, rumen fluke possibly, and any external parasites like lice or mange is what we would be looking at at housing. And housing cattle is a very stressful procedure and stock must be monitored closely for the immediate days after. But what's the first main step when it comes to selecting what animals need to be dosed and what product needs to be used? I suppose, Catherine, if you're looking at the, the what we've just mentioned there, the lungworm and the stomach worms, I suppose an immunity will develop over time with those. So you'd be really looking for lungworm and stomach worm with younger cattle, um, your weanlings especially, and maybe your second time housers, you'd be looking at those, whereas your adult cattle, you wouldn't need to do those for lungworm lungworm or stomach worms unless you see some indication of of there being a problem whereas if you look at your your liver fluke and your lice and your mange there is no immunity ever develops for those so you do have to do your your adult adult cattle for those um i suppose with the lungworm what we would be saying over the last number of years is maybe to try and do a pre-housing dose for those so if you're looking at your weanlands coming into your shed it's very stressful time and if you have a lot of lungworm in the cattle out, out in, at grass they'll be causing problems inside in the lungs and damaging them so if you can go and you can do a dose maybe three weeks beforehand those lungs will have healed before they come into the shed so that's probably one of the biggest things that we would be recommending over the last couple of years and um, along if you move on then to your stomach worms I suppose the big things that we're looking at there really is if you have resistance on farm like so with Orla Keane's work there with Chagas a number of years ago she um, went on to 17 farms and found resistance to 100% um, on the ivermectins and 70% on the white drenches but only 12, 25% on the levocytes so you really need to know if you have resistance on your farm um, and how you'd how you test for that is you'd be looking at maybe doing a drench test so if you put in your cattle and you'd go and you dose them maybe two weeks or three weeks after housing if you're using your ivermectins or you're using your white drenches 14 days after the day you, you dose them you'll take a fecal egg sample and send that away and then 14 days later for the the clear drenches so your ivermectins or your white drenches so your your albex or your your endospec you'd go and you'd take another fecal sample and see has the been how much of a reduction and if there's a 95% reduction in it then you have no resistance whereas with the yellow drenches which would be your levocytes you go back in seven days and do that retest and you can see if you have resistance. In relation to stomach worms what are the treatment options for housing? Well Catherine there's a couple of different things you have to remember with the stomach worms the first thing I suppose is the resistance you know where there's very little resistance or known resistance in lungworm there's a good lot of resistance in um, stomach worms. Uh, work with Orla Keane has shown when she went out to 17 dairy farms that there was 100% resistance to the ivermectins there was 70% resistance to the, the white drenches and there was about 25% resistance to the yellow drenches so that's the first thing you need to know is if you have resistance and the way you can do that is using a drench test so what 
that means is when you take in your animals to drench them, you take a fecal egg sample from those animals on that day, then you dose them. So if you're using an ivermectin or you're using a white drench, you come back in 14 days later and you do another fecal egg sample and you see, is there enough of a drop of eggs in that? So over 95% to say that you don't have resistance. And then with the yellow drench, you have to come back in seven days after dosing and do the same thing. And that'll tell you whether you have resistance or not. And I suppose the other big thing then that you have to watch out with in the stomach worms is this inhibited larvae. And it basically is where larvae are picked up at the back end of the year. Instead of those um, larvae developing into worms, they'll actually hibernate in the lining of the stomach. And what happens then is at Christmas, you could go into your shed and you could have a huge problem with scouring. And you think, well, I've done all of my dosing. But the problem is, is with the levicides and some of the white drenches, if you use them, they don't kill the inhibited larvae. So you need to make sure and read the the data sheet to make sure that what drenches that you're using or what borons that you're using are killing the inhibited larvae as well. And that's the ostrategia. And it's important if you're having any concerns to discuss the options with your local vet. Absolutely, with your local vet and maybe your child's advisor. And do the cost of faecal sampling justify taking samples? I suppose from a monetary point of view, you know, it's questionable, but it's more from the work point of view. Like if you look at it, if you go and you take your fecal egg samples, then you don't, you know, you don't have to go back and they're clear, you know, you don't have to go back. And the other side of it is if you have a resistance problem, well, then you still have those stomach worms there, which is affecting your performance. So if you were looking at it and saying 0.1 of a kilo a day over 140 days is about 14 kilos. Like, so for the price on that of 182 euros, like you're looking at 25 euros. So from that point of view, yeah it would but probably you know from a cost of a dose point of view versus the cost of the fecal egg sample it wouldn't no and you mentioned a number of treatment options there for weanlands talk me through what would be an appropriate treatment option for stores or finishing stock well, if you're looking at bringing in your stores, like I would still say your, your lung worm and your stomach worms are still need to, to be treated. So if you're bringing in those animals, a lot of them might be going on to a finishing diet. Uh, they might be on five kilos or if you have heavier cattle, they might be on seven kilos of meal. So you'd really be looking at going in, treating for your stomach worms and your, your lung worm and maybe lice with an ivermectin when they go in and then maybe treating for your fluke. Um, like a lot of people mightn't treat for fluke maybe till seven or eight weeks after the go in and to be looking at maybe um, a different product like tro- Trodax or some of those. But if you were looking at animals that are going up onto a heavy feed, you'd want to make sure that their livers were clear at that stage. So you might go in and maybe use a, a triclobendazole when they were in for two weeks. Um, and then that would mean that they have all the fluke is cleared out of their livers at that stage. If you weren't going to go in at maybe housing and use a product like the, the Trodax or Fluke Ivers or some of those, maybe when they're in seven or eight weeks, then you could go, if you use that at housing, and then you'd have to come back maybe seven or eight weeks later and, and do another dose because you're not going to kill all of them with those uh, products. All you'll kill is anything that they have picked up maybe seven weeks before housing. But anything that they picked up in that period of time in that seven weeks, you won't have killed with, with those drenches. What do farmers need to be aware of when selecting or administering a particular product? I suppose it's the it's going back to the resistance side of things again. Like if you're going to be dosing animals, you need to be making sure that you're you know the weight of the animals, so you're dosing for the correct weight. And if you have a group of animals 
dose to the heaviest animals that that's in the group now if you have a very wide like say if you're calving over maybe a six-month period and there was a very wide variance between the two you could divide them up into two groups but the whole idea of this is to make sure that you're not going to develop resistance on your farm so to make sure and wait to dose to the heaviest animal and then make sure that your actual um your injector gun is working properly so that's calibrated so if you're supposed to be giving an animal five mils or ten mils that that's actually what you're administering to them and to make sure that the product that you're using that you're after taking it from from a vet it's fresh and um, you know if you're using a dose or a drench to make sure that it's shaken that it's been stored in the proper way so if it was supposed to be put into the fridge that it's put into the fridge all of those kind of things but probably the biggest thing and the biggest error that we're seeing on farms is where it's not been applied or it's been not given to the correct rates and it's not been applied so the same thing with your porons that they're given down along the back you know it's preferential maybe in in animals to have the back shaved so you know exactly where it's going and that the animal is clean if you're using a pour on. And in relation to finishing stock, withdrawals would also be an important component. Oh, hugely. If you see a lot of the, the fluke doses, like you might have some of them that are 60 days. Um, one of them, they're actually one of the porons that, that includes uh, fluke ivor and it. it's 143 days is what's the withdrawal period on it. So you want to be very careful of, of your withdrawal periods. Exactly, Catherine, yeah. You mentioned there are a number of the treatments for fluke and a common mistake on some farms is when it comes to treating liver fluke at housing and assuming that one treatment for liver fluke is enough and that that will kill all the fluke that's present. Is this the case? Well, no, Katrin. If you it, it will be with your triclobendazole. So if you use your like your Fastenex or Tribex or your Endofluke, if you wait for the two to three weeks after housing and you use that product, it will kill all of the flukes. But if you move forward on to say some of the other ones like the Clasomectins or or Trodax, they will only kill flukes that are seven or eight weeks of age in the stomach. So if you go along and you are in the in the the liver, so if you go along and you use that product, all it will kill is the immature flukes and the, or the mature to immature flukes the rest of them are all going to grow on and you need to redo them seven weeks later when they come to the to the stage where that the, the product will actually work so if you're using a product two weeks after housing it's common time in most farms to treat for both stomach worms and lice and it controls immature and adult fluke you'd be better to wait then and treat them five weeks again later with a similar fluke product yeah, if you're using the, 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 the likes of the clasomectins or the flugrivers or trodax or any of those, but the triclobendazoles, they will kill anything. If you have your animals housed at two weeks, they'll kill anything at two weeks of age. So they're okay, but they're the only products that are okay. If you use any of the rest of the products, you have to go back in another five, six weeks later to do them a second time. That's great, Martina. Uh, liver fluke and lice, I suppose, are two of the main concerns at housing on many farms. And year on year, there are issues a few weeks post-housing when it comes to maybe cattle scratching in the shed. And some of the treatments might be only covering either biting and maybe not sucking lice. What are the options for lice control on farm? Yeah, Katrin, there's two different types of lice. There's the biting lice and there's the sucking lice. Um, if you look at it in Ireland, like if we're going in and you're putting in animals into a shed and you need to control them, I'd say the first thing that you want to be looking at is it, the more prevalent is the sucking lice that is is um, controlled with the ivermectin because it's, it's taken from the blood. But you also have to make sure that you handle those animals properly so that all of the animals are housed at the same time so that you're not introducing new animals that might have live lice onto them that you'd be able to spread 
spread onto the animals that are already treated. So I suppose that's the first thing. The second thing then is if you go and you treat your animals with an ivermectin and it has maybe three weeks of a persistency, you may get all of the lice at that stage, but some of them might be just after hatching out and, and develop a little bit uh, longer. Um, so that's probably the one thing with the sucking lice. Then if you have the biting lice, the biting lice are only really eating the skin and the hair. So they're not actually getting into the blood system where they're getting those injectable iverme ivermectins. So you need to use a pour on for those and then that will control the, the biting lice as well. Martina, farmers in Beep S that chose Action 3 to do faecal sampling, what steps do they need to take now? Well, Catherine, they have to have their faecal egg samples back in the lab by the 1st of November. So the first thing they need to do is to go and contact the lab and get their, their kit, which will contain 10 pots that they need to take samples from 10 separate cows in their herd. So what they need to do, or ideally what they'll do is go out on the first part of the week so that the, the sample reaches the, the lab and is not left in the, over the weekend in the post. So they'll go out the beginning of the week, turn up your cows early in the morning and take bring your 10 sample pots with you, go around and take once the, the cows are done, go and take samples from 10 different dungs, put them into the pots and send those away. Now, when they're taking the samples from the 10 different dung pots to make sure and take from a couple of different places in them because the rumen fluke and, and uh, liver fluke, they, they tend not to be um, spread evenly, I suppose, in the dung pots. So they need to take from a couple of different uh, points in them, put them into the containers, seal the containers, put those containers, with, write the tag number of the cows on them, put them into the bag and send them off in a in a, a padded envelope off to the, the lab and to make sure to put their name, their address and their herd number on it and just mark it for BBES and the Department of Agriculture will pick it up then from the from the lab. And this needs to be done before the 1st of November? That absolutely has to be in before the 1st of November. And what do farmers need to do then based on the results they receive back from the lab? So when they receive the results back from the lab, they can sit down and have a look at themselves and maybe talk to their advisor or talk to their vet as to what has come back on it. But if it comes back, a lot of people will look at it and if it comes back for rumen fluke, they might be alarmed by that to think that they have rumen fluke on the farm. But there's a lot of samples that will come back and the rumen fluke is not causing any problem to the animal. So it's not causing, there's just kind of a background level of it there. It's not causing any issue for performance to the animal. So they really do need to talk to their vet to see what other symptoms are there. And if they do actually need to go out there's only two products that are available for the treatment of rumen flu so that's why we're, we're kind of protective of them and if if they do have an issue then they'll have to go out and uh, dose for rumen flu in the liver fluke scenario, you'd be really looking at, unless you can see scouring or animals that are failing, you'd be looking at maybe leaving them until they go into the house and treating them as you would normally of a winter time. Thanks, Martina. When it comes to dosing, doing it correctly means using the right product at the right time, using the correct dose rate and administering it in the right way. Thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks, Catherine. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to Martina for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.